Grab hold of your Bibles. We're going to go to the word of the Lord together today. And I am going to be reading from the book of John, chapter 18, verse number 28. And before we read, if you've been in church or following us online, we've been in a series called Cast of Characters. And in this series, what we've been talking about was all the different people that surrounds this crucifixion and resurrection story. And so in the first week, we talked about Caiaphas. How many remember Caiaphas? He was the high priest who really wanted Jesus dead. And uh, he made a statement. He said, it's better that one man die in place of a whole nation. And he had no idea what he was saying because one man was about to die so that the world could be saved. Amen, somebody. And uh, Caiaphas taught us a, a valuable lesson that week, that intent shapes content. And so before there's any question, there's a questioner. Before there's any statements made, there's a listener. And depending on what's in the heart of the person that is trying to get information, it don't matter sometimes what you tell people, their heart is shaping the content you're giving them. That's why sometimes you can tell people a thing, and no matter how much you tell them the truth, they'll reshape that truth to their truth. Notice what I said, they'll reshape the truth to their truth, because that's the type of world we live in now. Yeah, come on, talk to me, amen. amen. Brother, the chair's red. Man, I, I kind of believe it's blue, though. Who you to tell me? Well, hopefully when you hit a red light, you see red. Because <laughs> there's going to be some consequences if there isn't truth. And then we talked about, I believe it was Brother, brother Peter. Y'all remember Peter? Peter was the rushed one. He, he uh, shoot first and then found out who he killed after. Anybody like that? But you don't shoot people, hallelujah. You don't kill people. But you, 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 you fire off and then figure it out later. And Peter was sincere. But he was always sincerely wrong how many of you are sincerely wrong how many of you sincerely wrong this week how many of you were sincerely wrong in the, on the car ride on the way all the married people got quiet sometimes you can be sincere about a thing because you speak from the position that you're in and when you speak from your position sometimes your position don't give you all the facts there's a God who's on the outside looking in. And so when you speak from pain, sometimes that's all we hear from you. And you could be sincere about what you're feeling, but there's a God that's saying this, it could change. And so Peter said, you will never die because he couldn't understand why Jesus wanted to die. And Jesus said, you're Satan. Get thee behind me. Sincere, but sincerely wrong. He said, I'll never deny you. Even if all of them forsake you, I'll be with you. Jesus said, not only are you going to deny me, you're going to do it three times. And you're going to hear a rooster shout you out. <laughs> sincere, but sincerely wrong. 
Make sure that when you speak, you're not speaking from the position and the point of view that is not God's point of view. You want God's point of view. Amen. Hallelujah. And then we talked last week. Was it last week? No, the week before we talked about Judas. Two people you don't want to be. One is, and the other one is. And you have more in common with those guys than you do with Jesus. No, I'm more like Jesus. No, you're not. You're nowhere near. <laughs> Amen. Come on, somebody. And then last week, we talked about the thief on the cross. We talked about pain. Three different pains being experienced and doing three different things. Amen. And so this week, I want to talk about another famous person uh, who is even mentioned in what is called the, uh, the Apostles' Creed, right? Uh, his name is Pilate. Let's read from the book of John, chapter 18, verse number 28. And we're going to do a, a little bit of reading today, but it's a good story. Amen. It says here in chapter 18, verse number 28, Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, so Jesus has been on trial. This is a long court case. Amen. They arrested him and got him overnight. Now it's morning. And to avoid, watch this, y'all. By now it was early morning. To avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, they did not end. Oh, wait a minute. I want y'all to pay attention to that. They are trying to murder Jesus. He did nothing other than heal people. They are trying to put him to death because he's a threat to their position. They bring him to the governor, and the Bible says they did not want to become unclean. Amen. We're going to come back to that. In order... To avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, We would not have handed him over to you. Right? Pilate said, uh, um, if he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you, Pilate said. Take him to yourselves. Oh, wait, I'm missing something. Uh, 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 I'm missing something, right? Pilate said, take him to yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. So what's happening here? Pilate said, Take this man and judge him according to Jewish law. So let me explain a little bit. Jews are under Roman rule. Rome, that is dominating the world, one of the ways they maintained their empire was to allow the people that they control to still have their own laws and still have their religious ceremonies. So people like Pilate were put in places to govern because 
they were put there to make sure order is maintained. One of the ways they did that was by telling the people, handle your own business. Pilate's job here is to make sure there is no uprising or nothing crazy happening. Amen? And so what, what happens is when they came to Pilate and said, this man, we, we, we need you to judge his case. Pilate said, well, what crime did he commit? He didn't commit no crime. They said, he said, well, y'all judge him by your own law and handle this. But then they said, we have a problem because in our law, we can't kill him. And the reason we are here is to get permission to kill him. This is a bunch of people who want to remain unclean for the ceremony. This is hypocrisy at its finest. This took place, right? He said, uh, but we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Oh, boy, I feel a praise break right there. Let me tell you something. Sometimes it looks like God doesn't know what he's doing, but God is always fully in charge. Let me tell you something. God is always fully in charge. You know, and I said this last week, when he got on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They really did not know what they were doing. Every step of the way, everything they thought they were doing to fulfill their own evil intent was actually part of God's plan. Somebody should have rejoiced right there because I'm trying to tell you that whatever seems like it's crazy in your world right now, know that there's a world behind that world that is always in control. And while they are coming to Pilate to get permission to put him on a cross, they didn't read that somewhere he said, if I be lifted up. And so when the Bible says this was to fulfill the kind of death that he was talking about, he told them that your mistake is that you're going to lift me up. Because if I be lifted up, if I be hung up on the cross, I'll draw all men unto me. Oh, I could go deep right there. I could show you how this Bible that was written so far apart by different authors who has never met were prophetic to each other. Moses in the, in the desert, the Bible says, when the children of Israel were bitten by serpents and they were poisoned, the Bible says that God told them, put the serpent on a stick and lift it up. And when they look at the cursed serpent, the Bible says, cursed is any man who hangs on a tree. And when they looked at the serpent they were healed because their curse was put on y'all don't understand what I'm saying and Jesus said yeah y'all go ahead and crucify me go ahead and beg to execute me you don't understand that when they lift me up as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness so shall the son of man be that every time we look upon that cross what we have done evil oh it's gonna get real in here today See, some people don't want to hear that because people don't think they've done no evil. Oh, shut up, pastor. We going there today. We're going there today. Because there's a poison inside of us that's killing us. That only Jesus came to cure. And I don't mean to get preachy quick. Hallelujah. But, but he said this was... 
to fulfill the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said, is that your idea? Or is that what others talk to you about me? Pilate said, am I a Jew? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you said that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth. Everyone on the side of truth. Everyone on, everyone on the side of truth. Wheel and come again. Everyone on the side of listens to. Is either he is crazy or it is what it is. Come on, somebody. So if I'm not on the side of Jesus, hallelujah. He said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And the most famous line that Pilate is known for, what is truth? Retorted Pilate. He didn't even wait for the answer. Isn't, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? That he's maybe three feet from truth. Isn't it crazy that the man in history that declared I am truth is literally in the room with him and he's asking the question, what is truth? Not everybody that's around Jesus sees who he is. And he said, what is truth? And he didn't even wait for the answer. Then Pilate took Jesus. Uh, then he went outside immediately, right? He retorted. And with this, he went out again to the Jews and gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. Right? He said, I find no basis for a charge against him. But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? They sh shouted back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was an insurrectionist. That's a word we finally know what the meaning is over the last couple of years. But this wasn't that. This was an insurrection. This was a man, the other gospel said, murdered people to get it done. That's why he's in prison. And they said, now the reason why they're trying to paint Jesus as somebody who's claiming to be king, 
because the charge would be he's an insurrectionist. He's trying to overthrow Rome. So you got to kill him, Pilate. But they're letting go of the man who is actually guilty of the crime. They're trying. Y'all ain't get that. They are freeing the man and convicting the innocent man with the crime that the man who is guilty of is going to go free. I'm not talking about Barabbas anymore. That'll sink in in the car on the way home. Who was Pastor talking about? <laughs> they said, give us Barabbas. Now, Barabbas had taken part in an uprising, and then Pilate took Jesus. He said, basically, I'm going to flog him. That flogging was an embarrassing flogging. They, they strip you naked. They beat you with, with, with the whip, with the cat of nine tails on the end, it rips your flesh open. They beat you everywhere. It is not a calculated whooping like, like your mother gave you. Or maybe like your mother gave you. Depending on which part of the world you were located, the beating was different. In some places, they spank you. Stop it. Put your hands out. Don't do that. Hallelujah. There are other parts in the world. It connects everywhere. Face, teeth, everything. So when you're done, what hurts? And then they offer you Vicks. They beat Jesus everywhere with that whip, hoping that the people would be pleased by the whipping, right? The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in a purple robe and went out again and again, saying, Hail the king of the Jews. And they slapped him in the face. And once more Pilate came out and said to the Jews gathered, Look. I'm bringing him out to you to let you know I find no basis for the charge against him, hoping that when they see him in this condition, they would let him go now. He's been punished. Leave him alone. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. But as soon as the chief priests and the officials saw him, they shouted, can you imagine how Jesus is coming out looking? No clothes on, stripped, beaten, robe around him, crown of thorns. Barely can walk. And they see him, pilots mocking him, hoping y'all going to be good now. And the Bible says they heart. They said, nope, not enough. Crucify him. Crucify him. But Pilate answered, then you take him. As for me, I find no basis for the charge against him. The Jewish leaders insisted, we have a law, and according to the law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God. When Pilate heard this, he was more afraid and went back inside the palace. Where did you come from? Y'all see that? 
He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Hallelujah. And then he said, don't you realize I have the power either to free you or crucify you? Now listen to what he said. He said, I have the what? To do what? Or? So if he doesn't do what he thinks is right here, he's a coward. You can't claim to have the power to do something and don't act on it. Now I'm talking today. He said, I have the power to free you or crucify you. Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. You're not free of yours. Hallelujah. I like that. You don't have no power unless it's given to you from above. Come on, somebody. He said, you don't have no power over me unless it's given. Therefore, the one who handed is, is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. Wait a minute. You just said you had the power. From then on, Pilate tried. You just said you had the power. You see how men lie about their power? <laughs> men don't even know what power they have. But then he tried to free him. Hallelujah. From then on he tried, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go watch the blackmail, you are no friend to Caesar. And anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat him down on the judge's seat at a place known as the stone pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was the day of preparation of the Passover. It was about noon. Here's your king, Pilate said. But they shout him, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king, Pilate said. We have no king but Caesar. The chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge. <laughs> He's on his way to Golgotha. What is truth? What a question. Uh, you know, when you go to court, in America they say innocent until proven guilty. But also in America there's the court of public opinion that is guilty till proven and those courts often fight. That's why you always got to wait for the facts. Come on, tell your neighbor, wait for the facts. Y'all don't want to hear that. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor, wait for the facts. Come on, tell your neighbor, wait for the facts. Hallelujah. The thing about when you go to court and there's this, this, this battle uh, 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 of somebody who is in a position that they have to prove themselves the, the, the job is really not for them to prove themselves innocent. The job is really for the prosecutor to prove them guilty. That's really how it's supposed to work. I'm supposed to be innocent until you have evidenced that I'm guilty. Nowadays, it's more, I got I to gotta fight my way out of this. Do you follow that? 
And I was wondering, you know, because the whole purpose of this thing is now, let's uncover what's, what is the evidence, what is truth, what is facts. Here's the craziest thing. The only trial in history that you will ever see that there was no charge for the arrested. Pilate said, what y'all arresting him for if he's not a criminal? We hand him over to you to execute him. What's the charge? No charge. Pilate then washes his hands in the matter. In Matthew 24, uh, Matthew 27, 24, it tells you, gives you that detail. And he says, I'm washing my hands because I find no fault in him. Wasn't arrested for a crime and wasn't found guilty, but received the highest punishment. The only court case in history. Not arrested, found not guilty, but still died the death gruesome. Jesus was on trial. And I was wondering to myself, what's really on trial here? And if you would allow me for the next three hours to unpack what I believe is happening here, I want to talk to you about the truth is on trial. Now, why that's interesting is because I could finish the sermon right now and send you home. Because in order for you to prove that the truth, what would we even be trying to prove with the truth? That it's not true? What, will, will we be trying to lock away truth? Will we be trying to ultimately say, there's no such thing as you, you don't exist? Because that's ultimately what it is. That's what... Pilate is asking, that's what the philosophers hold on to that teach your college students. They love Pilate. Pilate is a lot of philosophers' favorite character in the Bible because he asks that one question, what is truth? Because they feel somehow, ah, uh, yeah, there it is. Answer that question. So, 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 so in a court case, if you are the prosecutor, you would be making the statement that there is no such thing as truth. The problem is the statement you just made, you need truth in order for it to work. Because the statement you would have made is based on what? We going too deep? We swimming too deep? In other words, you cannot say something is definitively truth if truth doesn't exist. There has to be a standard. There has to be a right or wrong. There has to be some type of standard, and it's written in all of us. And the truth was on trial then. And in 2022, this question is one of the most pressing questions in our society today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that what I uh, got here to unpack, that you would touch the hearts of your people and cause them to be challenged and transformed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that they went in. They brought Jesus 
to Herod, to a Pilate, and they said that they will not enter because they don't want to become unclean. Listen to my first point. Practitioner, but not a believer. Practitioner, but not a believer. In other words, they practice religion, but they don't have faith. And do you know how many people are like these religious men who practice everything? I don't eat meat on, on, on Easter. I make the sign of the cross. I have my Bible open to Psalms 23. Come on, how many of you know having the Bible open don't do you no good until you read it? They're like, no, 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 I have it there open so the devil can see it. The devil know it. He know it very good. He quoted to Jesus. He could quote it so good that he can misquote it. I have a Bible under my bed I sleep on every night. It's hurting your neck. It will not change you one bit. The word, the Bible says, the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid under my bed. That word have I put on the table. See, some of y'all don't know it. Y'all like, hey, what, what he said? Tell me what he said quick. <laughs> he said, thy word have I hid in my heart. Because when it's in the heart, what's in the heart comes out the mouth, comes out in the way you live, comes out in the way you talk. Christianity is not a look. Christianity is not a set of religious action. It's belief in the Lord Jesus. And let me tell you this, these men, they knew how to follow every step of the law. That's what religion does. Do this. Every religion got a set of rules that they want you to follow. Whatever religion you follow, they tell you, do this. Pray to the east. I don't, you know, that one's difficult because I'm going to have to walk with a compass. Don't. They tell you, they tell you, one day you're going to be one with the universe. Bro, I'm one with the universe now. Like, like, I don't have to die to become, I mean, here, here, guy. You, you, and they tell you, follow this, do, do you know, meditate for this long. What, on what? Some people say, get rid of all of the things in life. Get rid of everything, all the material stuff. Go live a meaningless life. And, and what? Some people say, just get all you can. Get money out here. And What? The struggle is to get rid of this, the mind, the thoughts that are up here. And the only religion, if you want to call it that, that says quit trying. Because your best day, your best day is as good as your worst day. And he said, because you can't get to me, I'm coming to you. And he comes down and he Never was arrested for a crime. Died an innocent death. So whose death is he dying? He's dying your death. He's taking your place. He's saying, give me all them sins that you're trying to get rid of. So when the Bible says you're forgiven, let me tell you something. You are forgiven. As far as the east is from the west. That's how far he removes your sin. What is east and west? We know north pole and south pole. There's no east pole and west pole. It goes on for eternity. God is saying to you, when I remove your sins, I don't even remember them. 
So, so here's my question. Why do you keep reminding him of something he don't remember? Every time you bring it up to God, it's washed in blood. And that's no ordinary blood. That's the stain lifter. That's all. That would have reached, though. That was like a real reach. Nah, it would have reached. You don't rap. <laughs> Practitioner, but not a believer. And too many people got the form of godliness, but no faith in their heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people, so I'm telling you, I've met them all. All my, you know, people, people know how to pray. You shake their hands. How you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. This, and they give you 50 scriptures. But the same people will cut you out. And, and I've met some people who only know John 3.16. But boy, they out there on fire for the Lord, living different. They love different. They act different. They walk different. They might not know the whole book, but they got something in here that they believe in the Lord. And these people were practitioners. But listen, listen. Let me tell you something. This here is the height of hypocrisy. Can I tell you something? That First of all, people say, I don't go to church because the church is filled with hypocrites. You're right. And so is the club. You think when you go in a club, you're finding people with, with yo, my, you think when, when, I'm about to lift my leg up. What was I about to do in church? I'm going to go home and pray about that. You think at that moment, at that part in the club, you think you find an integrity? The world is filled with hypocrites. That's, we all are great at that. You don't believe me? Look at your Facebook picture. <laughs> you wasn't born with no bunny ears. You, you didn't come out with makeup automatically on your face. That's a filter. Come on, talk to me in this house. We specializing in being hypocrites. We specializing in not being who we really are. For some reason, we are ashamed to say we're broken, but the truth is I'm broken. I'm broken just like everybody else in this room. I struggle with everything you struggle with. The position up here does not make me God. Nobody is God except God. Every day I need Jesus. I forgot where I was the other day, and somebody got on my nerves. I was about to tell this dude off, and I said, oh, man, I got on a Church City shirt. <laughs> if it wasn't for this shirt, he was dead today. That's why you need to buy Church City clothing. <laughs> I struggle with everything you struggle for, with, with. I'm a hypocrite just like everybody else. But this is the height of hypocrisy. Listen, listen, l listen to these statements, y'all. You can, you can be somebody who comes to the church and worship God and lack perfection. Worship is not based on your perfection. But listen to this part. You cannot worship God and lack sincerity. And some people come and they feel because they know a worship song and they sing it loud... God knows if you live in that worship song when you leave. It's not how loud your Hosanna is in here. It's how loud your Hosanna is out there. Amen, somebody. Listen to this, y'all. Listen to this. Truth without obedience 
is hypocrisy. Truth without obedience. I know the truth and the effect the truth has on you matters. That's why people spend so many millions of dollars to go to these positive thinking things and they never positive thinking. Because information does not automatically equal transformation. You can be an informed fool. Sorry. Come on, clap if you know one. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. Like, right here. As a matter of fact, the more informed you are and the less you act on it, is the more trouble you're in. Listen, so to, to know truth and not be obedient to it is hypocrisy. And obedience to something now without truth is legalism. So there's two people. There's people who know the truth but never obey it. There's people who are obeying a bunch of rules, but they don't know why. And this seems to be America. We are all marching to our death. This seems to be the world. This seems to be where the whole globe is headed. Where are we going? I don't know. I'm going. That's what they said on the news. What they said. They will talk you out of sense. You hear something long enough, you start saying it. Look at the words that we say over the last couple of years that we never said. What are the narratives? This is disinformation. Should I go on? I can tell you a bunch of words that never existed before. Misinformation, disinformation, collusion. There's all these words. They say them so much that you run around talking. You at work arguing over things you were never in the room for. Bro, it is. And we marching. I stopped all of that this season because Jesus said, the kingdom ain't not this world. Listen, I made up my mind. I'm not building your kingdom. I'm not building nobody empire. I'm not building my kingdom. I'm not building my empire. There's only one kingdom I want to build. The only one that will stand. Whatever you are building, if it ain't part of that kingdom, it will burn up. The only thing that will last is what is done for Christ. And so you can be a person that is just doing, doing, and doing, and following the narratives and listening. Nowadays, we're so following that you can't even speak. Truth becomes odd in the room. And look at how they get you. Because, because you can't have a different opinion that lands in different places. You can't agree with a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here, and just be different. No, you either this or this. Pick one. And if you're not one of them, you cancel. Ah, this is going too deep, Rich. Come back out. Obedience without truth is legalism. And I want you to be careful that you don't let your Christianity become like these men. That you're riled up. 
what you think is right religion and this and that. But every day, check your heart. Am I following God? Because if they were truly following God, they would know that in that room that you just sent was the Messiah. It was truth. And it's staring you right in the face. But you're denying truth, and it's in the other room. You're denying it so bad. Watch this now. They brought him to Pilate, and they connected to Pilate. Here's my second point, y'all. Here's my second point. Beware of those that fulfill their evil intention through your connection. This, this a whole, I could preach a whole series right there. Be, be careful who you're dating that's fulfilling their evil intention through your connection. Oh, but, but they're going to change. I love them. Not as long as they're fulfilling that evil intention through your connection. Oh, Lord. There are people that will connect with you just so as long as they can fulfill their evil intention. What, what's happening here? We only need you, Pilate, to do one thing. Kill him. We don't care what you do behind the closed door. We don't care what your verdict is. We only want you because you have the power to kill him. There are people that will connect with you only for what you can do for them. And you got to be aware of that because they will use your life. Come on, somebody. And people will use you, use you, and have you going against your own conscience. Have you walking out saying, why do I feel so messed up? Pilate wrestled with this. The other gospels tell you his wife had dreams about it. His wife came to, I just dreamed about the man, leave him alone. The wife had issues with Pilate. And Pilate got trouble. He ran back. He said, well, where are you from? You son of God. Who are you? He's having all these different thoughts. There are people that will ruin your life as long as they get you to do what they want. And that's not just your friends that's connected to you. There's powers that be that will ruin your life. Y'all ain't listening to me. There are people that will get you to do what they want and you exist for their evil intentions. There are people that will use you and don't care about you. And that's exactly what they came to Pilate with. Let me move on. And then Jesus, he walked into the room. Pilate walked in the room and said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus asked him a question. First rule in trial, is that hearsay or evidence? He said, is that your thoughts or what others say? And that question is still standing because that's what he asked the disciples. Who do what's hearsay? And who do you say that I am? Pilate had a problem with this. Pilate immediately said, I ain't a Jew. And I'm not the one that brought you in here. This is what they're telling me. Who are you? But he missed it. It's not about what they say, Pilate. See, Jesus has given everybody the business everywhere he goes. While getting crucified, he's giving the business. Jesus hands out jobs, resumes. He's collecting them because he wants to give you business. That was dope right there, man. Y'all don't get that. See, that was dope. Amen. You understand what I'm saying to you? It's, it, it, he, he, he's telling Pilate while he's getting interrogated, I'm not the one to be interrogated. You are. 
who's really going on trial here now? It's not what they say I am. That's going to matter, Herod, uh, Pilate. It's what do you say that I am? He's in trouble. And that question is still prevalent for everybody in this room. Listen to me, Church of Jesus Christ. It does not matter what I say about Jesus. It does not matter what they say about Jesus. It matters what you say about him. Amen, somebody. Amen. And so he said, here's your evidence. Whose thoughts are those? And then Pilate and him went on this. And then Pilate asked him, what is truth? Let me tell you three things truth does. Number one, it illuminates. When truth hits you and you begin to see, you see like you've never seen before. When you start to view the world through the lens of the Bible, it starts to make sense. Everything comes together. Truth is like a light bulb that goes off. Here's another thing truth does. It liberates. He that the Son has set free is free indeed. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Truth frees people. Hallelujah. And finally, truth saves you. It, it, it doesn't matter what, what it feels like. Sometimes truth is hard to live on. But you live by the truth. At the end, you will be the one saved. Paul said to Timothy two things. He said, guard the way you live and guard what you preach. In doing so, you will save your hearers and yourself. In other words, when you live by truth, your eyes become illuminated. You become liberated and you become saved by it. And the problem is the world is trying now to say there is ultimately no such thing as truth. Nowadays, and, and I'm telling you, they say it so much on TV that it becomes our vernacular. You know how many people I talk to nowadays that say these words? Well, Pastor, I'm just telling my truth. But I want to know the truth. No, you're telling your perspective. Perspectives are not truths. You're sharing your feelings. Your feelings are not facts. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And we live in a world that now says, respect my truth. Here's the problem. What if your truth goes against my truth? Whose truth win it? He that have the gun it. So you will not take away my second amendment. That's where we're headed. It's a culture war that we're in. The battle is over your mind. It's over your family. Listen, the first thing God ever made before he made a government, before he made anything, was a family. It, he made a man and a woman, and he put them in the garden. He made a man a whole man. I'll say that again. He made a whole man. And the first relationship the man had was with God. Then he put the man to sleep. The man didn't have any say when he made woman. And all the ladies say? He didn't make a half woman. 
He didn't make a three-quarter woman. He made a whole woman. So you know when y'all go to the altar, you talk about, I love you, you complete me. You weren't half. If they complete you, pray they stay with you. And some people, let me, let me help y'all in relationships. Y'all been crazy for 30 years and you met somebody for three months and you say, I, I need you to fulfill my happiness. You couldn't do it for 30 years with your crazy self. You want this man in three months to fix what you couldn't. You live with you. You hung out with you. You know what you like. You know your attitude. You don't like you. And you got the nerve to say, I'm not happy because of you. Try being with you. Because I've been with you. Hang out with yourself. Come on, who's talking to me in this house? Nobody completes you. My marriage works because I'm a great husband. My marriage works. My marriage only works because we both know Jesus. Jesus is the one that come to me and tell me, brother, you wrong. Brother, you this. Brother, you that. If you don't do that, it's not only going to affect you with your wife. It's going to affect you with your business. It's going to affect you with other friends. It's going to affect your ministry. It's going to affect this is a problem in you, not in them. Fix it in you. And God completes me, completes me, completes me, changes me, changes me, so that when I show up to the picture, to the wedding, just like he did with a whole Eve and a whole Adam with two completed people, I don't work on my wife. She work on, I don't work on my wife. I work on me. I try to change me. I try to make sure Sherry has the best me. I think she does. Amen. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm, I'm trying to tell you that there, our world that we live in now, there's no longer truth. And there's consequences when we head down a road that there's no standard. I mean, if you really want to look at it, what is the basis of morality? What makes a thing right or wrong? How is it that all of us, you could go to a foreign land, culture you don't even understand, but there's some basic understanding in the room. I'll give you an example. One day I'm on a plane. I'm sitting on a plane. I got all this Christian paraphernalia on because I'm a Christian rapper, bars for life. Next, <laughs> you feel me, yeah, yeah. yeah you got to come to the concert, May 21st, it's going to be right here. Pause everything, hang out guys, you got a ticket? Good, cool. Got to handle business, you never know any opportunity. I'm sitting on the plane, a brother next to me sits there, he's got his family in the front, big family, kids running around on the plane. Cool, I got mad kids too. I, I get it. They run on your head, everything. They just, so he strikes up a conversation. I said, okay. He says, what do you do for a living? I said, me? Uh, you know, the greatest rapper you will ever know. I said to him, I said, I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, oh, you're a Christian. I said, yeah. I said, how about you, man? You believe in the Lord? See, I talk like this. I don't, it, it's never awkward for me. For most believers, it's like the world is, they tell it to you so much that you don't belong, that you tell yourself that. You start going with the narrative 
you know, we really don't fit in. They don't fit in. It was never meant to be what it is now. I belong here. I get the revelation. I am coming back to rule here. So I don't make, you know, you got to slip it in there, Pastor. We go, we going to make a whole Christian song, and at the end, we're going to say we positive. They're going to know we believers. What are you talking about? Normalize being a Christian. Don't be ashamed of it, man. So I talked like that. I said, man, I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, okay. I said, what about you? You believe in Jesus? Because if you don't, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? I love him, I love him. I love it. He said, no, man, I'm agnostic. I said, oh, agnostic. I learned that in Bible school. That means you really don't know what you believe. He said, yeah, pretty much. I said, so is they good or evil? He said, they might be good. They might be evil. Wow. I said, so is there a God? They might be a God. They might not be a God. Said, is there truth? Might be truth. Might not be truth. I said, I need one, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit, activate. Somebody, somebody say, Pastor, stay off social media. I said, let me ask you a question. This your family in the front? He said, yeah. I said, man, God forbid, man, I would never want this to happen. Got a wife and kids of my own. I said, but let's say somebody just got on this plane right now and shot all of them. And they're dead. Is that good or evil? All of a sudden, when it concerned you, you no longer agnostic. <laughs> There's all of a sudden rules in your house. Well, I guess I would have to say that. You could see him fighting it, and I wanted his wife to hear him. <laughs> I'm almost like, Miss, I want you to hear what he said if you did. <laughs> I could see him fighting it. Like, I guess it would have to be something that is real evil. I said, well, whose basis is that? Because if we examine the man who killed him, he might have a reason why he felt you should have died. Because when you, when you search his perspective, he might have been told something that says you deserve to die. So whose truth? Why do you get to say? And how come the whole world we have that in us, that if we meet people, atheists, saved, unsaved, wherever we go, there seems to be some invisible standard that we abide by. We walk into a room, we automatically know how to act. We know there's a level of respect. We know what to do, what not to do. It's in us. Where does this standard come from? It's called the moral law that is written on your heart. That's why even Paul says, even those that might have never heard, even God's very being is written onto your DNA. You feel pain like the rest of us when you see things go wrong. In other words, there is truth that comes from God. And Jesus was the epitome of it lived out on planet Earth. 
He, he, he wasn't here to show you what love looks like. He is love. The young man came up to him. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Young man came up to him and said, good teacher. He said, why do you call me good? For there's none good but God. In other words, Jesus was saying, if you recognize that I am good, then you recognize that I am God. Hallelujah. He is love. He is good. He is justice. This is why the cross makes so much sense, y'all. Because here you have a dilemma. If God is all three of these, the, the three of these cannot exist in a world that we live in. In a world that we live in. Because you technically can't go into a courtroom and get justice mercy. If you Guyanese, you trying. Come on, somebody. I'll throw myself at the mercy of the court. Come on, you. if you're from the Caribbean, you heard somebody say that. They walk into the court, they already know they got, throw myself at the mercy of the court. But the man you hurt ain't trying to give you mercy. So the judge has a dilemma. He's got to pay the wrath of the, the crime, but he wants to give you justice. And this is the dilemma that God has. But how I many of you know God never has a dilemma? As judge, he judges your case and said you're guilty of your sin. And you deserve eternal punishment. So how do I give the people that I love mercy? Simple. The crime has to be paid for, but I'm not going to let them pay for it. The son comes in the picture and dies your crime. So mercy is given and justice is paid in full. That's why when Jesus died, he said, Telestai, which means that it's paid in full. All your debts have been paid. You know, they told me, I forgot which war it was, that you could have actually paid somebody to fight in your place. And there was a man who paid another friend to go fight in his place. And when that person died, they arrested him and said, you didn't fight in this war. He said, wait, Your Honor, somebody else already fought in my place and died, so I should be pardoned. I want you to know somebody died in your place. So you see justice on display. You see love on display. You see mercy on this. Oh my gosh. That's the God we serve. When he said it is finished and he does the job and it's completed, it is completed in your life. All you've got to do is receive him. You don't have to work for it. You can't earn it. But there is something as truth. And he's claiming to be it. I'm getting ready to leave y'all. Listen to what C.S. Lewis says. C.S. Lewis says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, the S-U-N. Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. So we see who Jesus is first. We believe in the truth and then the truth begins to illuminate our lives. Amen.
And then the Bible says this. Listen to this, y'all. I'm going to give you all a couple more things here, and I'm gone. Stay with me up here. We're getting ready to close. They said, give us Barabbas. We excuse the strange in order not to change. They excuse the sin in their own life because they don't want to conform to the change that Jesus offers. Now listen to this, y'all. Pilate comes out and washes his hands. He cannot wash his hands in something that he's allowing in his own life. And you can't forgive yourself of crimes that you are currently committing. Listen to this. You either crown Jesus or you crucify him. There is no, I'm washing my hand on this matter. I really don't got nothing to say about, you know, people walk, I don't, two things I don't talk about, politics and religion. There's one you're going to have to talk about. Because Jesus is not claiming I am just a philosopher. He's literally saying your eternal destination is dependent on what you think of me. Do y'all follow that? And then he says, you don't get to say, y'all do what y'all want with him. You know what I'm saying? I'm out of this matter. No, you're in this. Because when you, when you say, I wash my hands on the matter, even though it's water, it's blood you're washing your hands with. Because you just crucified him. And today, that's the option we have. You either crown him. Or you crucify him. And I want you to know that this very same mob, a week before this, on what we call Palm Sunday, was the same mob that shouted exactly what you shout in church today. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah, we live in a real life. But what Jesus is saying today is that I am the way. I am what is true. With that said, my prayer today is that the people of God begin to chase after Jesus like you never did before. Maybe today in this room, you know, you came to a place where, yeah, Jesus is Lord. Yeah, that's truth. But it has no effect on your life. It has no effect on the decisions you make. It has no effect on the way you... Yeah, it does, Pastor. I, I, I live good. I live good. What does that mean? There's more. It's, it's more than living morally good. God wants to use your life. God wants your voice to be his voice. God wants your hands to be his hands in the earth. God wants everything that you do 
to be connected to what his will is. Twelve men after this, the Bible says turn the world upside down. Because all they ever did after this was talk about how much he's changed them. We bow our heads and close our eyes today.